0: I'm Chad Roberts, and I want to welcome you to Awakened to Grace. Today, we begin the study of one of the most fascinating and thrilling books of the entire Bible, the book of Revelation. And we're going to begin our study in chapter four in this series called Things to Come, because we've already preached through. The seven churches of Revelation which it can be found in chapters 1 2 and 3 so we're going to begin this study with chapter 4 where it is a natural transition in the book and as I'm going to teach today and I'm going to argue from the scriptures today I'll argue my point that I believe the transition is the rapture of of the church so i hope you'll listen closely today we walk through chapter 4 and we explain literally verse by verse phrase for phrase what god's word is saying to us today i hope you enjoyed part one of things to come this sermon called raptured and rewarded I've got our brother Caleb up here with me today, and the reason why is because uh, there is so much scripture to remember. Uh, If you're a guest today, you've never been here, you may not know I'm completely blind, and so I try to be faithful to memorize all of the text when I preach, but today we're going to go through the entire chapter of verse 4 of Revelation, and I have so much to Remember? So many details. You know, I do an Alexa list every Sunday, and on this week, is 61 items to try to remember. So what I want to encourage you, I always encourage you to take notes, and if you're someone like me, when I hear someone speak, uh, at least when I had vision, I tried to write down everything. Anybody else like that? I'm going to encourage you, don't try to write down everything today. What I, it's going to be like drinking from a fire hydrant. What I would do today is I would listen, take some notes, but don't feel the pressure to write down everything. Uh, you can go back on our mobile app, Awakened to Grace, and you can go back and re-listen and, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, take note of everything you need to there. So Caleb is going to pray us in this morning, and then he's going to read the text and then I'm going, to ask, uh, I'm going to ask you to follow along with me. I've got many, many things to remember today. So you pray for me that uh, everything locked up in the vault will come
1: out. Amen? <laughs> thank you, Pastor Chad. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for gathering us here this morning so that we can join together in worshiping and ministering of the, the holiest King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father, we we choose to worship you with this service this morning. Father, we pray that you would just have your way with it this morning. Father, may our, may our ears be open to listen. May our hearts be open to receive whatever it is you have for us this morning, Lord. And Lord, I pray that everyone who entered this building this morning would leave here not the same way that they entered, God. God, I pray that you would just do your work in each of us. And God, I pray that you would just speak through Pastor Chad this morning as he, as he ministers about you, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. 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 This is Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, A throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments, with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, The third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Amen. Well, today we're going to begin
0: our thrilling journey through Revelation with chapter 4. The reason we are going to begin in chapter 4 is because last summer, as a matter of fact, one year ago to this weekend, we spent eight Sundays studying the first three chapters of Revelation. If you want to go back and listen to that series, you can find it on our Awakened to Grace app or website. We called it the Seven Churches of Revelation. We spent eight weeks looking at chapter one, which is what John saw, Jesus Christ, and his vision of Christ. And then chapters two and three, which is this present church age. And I lay out the case of why I believe it's it's not only prophetic, but it's also historical. And they were also literal physical churches. And then uh, in chapters 2 and 3, as it deals with the church age, what I'm going to, the reason I want to start in chapter 4 is because I'm going to try to lay out for you why, in my view, chapter 4 is a great transition, not only in human history, but in the book of Revelation. My goal throughout this series is for you to gain a great familiarity with the book. I want you to feel comfortable with the book of Revelation. If you're like me, you read it and it makes you scratch your head, right? But there's a reason for that. And we're going to explain that not only today, but throughout the course of our study. But I can't tell you how many Christians are afraid of the book of Revelation. And I'll tell you, saints, there's no need to be As a matter of fact, out of the entire Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, we're encouraged to read it all. We know that all Scripture is profitable. It's good. It's uh, it's the Word of God. But listen, Revelation is the only book of the 66 that gives a special blessing to those who read aloud and those who listen and those that study it. Revelation 1.3, God promises a special and a unique blessing to those who will deep dive into the book. And what I love, you know, last Sunday, boy, didn't the wind of the Holy Spirit blow through this place last Sunday? And God put in my heart that we were to fulfill Scripture, what did Paul say? I would that everyone would lift up holy hands unto the Lord. We did that Sunday, and the power of the Holy Spirit fell in a way that I don't know if I have ever felt the Holy Spirit fall in my life. It was sudden, wasn't it? And mighty. Well, in a similar way today, we're fulfilling the Word of God. Revelation 1.3, if Whoever reads aloud this book, is that not what Caleb just did? And whoever listens, there is a special blessing for it. So my goal throughout this series is to help you gain an appreciation and a familiarity with the book of Revelation that it doesn't scare you and it doesn't confuse you. In my view, Revelation is in perfect chronological order. Now, let me be upfront My goal in this series is not to sell you on my viewpoints. I'm going to try to carefully explain my viewpoints. You know, when you study what's called eschatology, which is end-time things, there are so many opinions. There are so many interpretations. You can really get confused quickly. But you know, that's how it is in everything else in the world. You know, when we had our parking lot done, they took it down to the dirt We had three big companies come in and give professional bids. All three companies told us to do it a different way. And all three companies said, you'll ruin your parking lot if you do it the way the other guys are telling you. (laughs) My goal is not to sell you on simply my view. My goal is to give you the material that you can do your own homework. You can follow the Spirit of God. And you can come to your own conclusions. I'm not asking you to agree with me. As a matter of fact, two of my greatest mentors would probably disagree with some of the things I'm going to say today. Because they don't have a rapture view. I am going to show you today why I believe so strongly in the rapture of the church. But I'm not asking you to agree with my viewpoint. What we're going to do is we're going to tackle the text together. We're going to lay it out. As Scripture says, we're going to rightly divide or we're going to rightly handle the word of truth. Amen? So let's deep dive in Revelation 4. We are starting in chapter 4 because we've already preached Chapters 1, 2, and 3 last summer. So we're going to begin this study with chapter 4. And the reason why is because it's such a great transition in the book. Caleb, read verse 1 for us and let's begin to deep dive why this is such a great transition. After this, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. Now, this phrase after this, what an important word in the original language. In the Greek, this word after this is metatauta. Now, the reason that that matters is because Revelation is one of the only books in the Bible that outlines itself. Now, my goal here is to show you why this is such an important transition, not only in the book, but in human history. When Jesus told John in Revelation 1.19, he told John what to write. He said, write the things which you have seen. That's chapter 1. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. John saw the vision of Christ. His hair as white as wool, his eyes a flame of fire, his white garment, the golden sash, the feet like burnished bronze, the voice of many waters. He said, write the things which you saw. Go back and listen. There are deep significance to every single thing written in chapter 1. And then Jesus told John, write the things that are, present tense, the things that are are the seven churches of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, beginning with the church of Ephesus, going all the way to the church of Laodicea. And again, in that series, I lay out, they were literal, physical churches, they were prophetic in nature, and they are historical in nature. And in my view, we are of the church age of Laodicea. And guess which is the last of the church age? Laodicea. And now we come to chapter 4, and we see this word, metatata. It's the same word that's in verse 19. So he says, write the things which you've seen. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Write the things which are. That's chapters 2 and 3, the seven churches, this present age. Then he says, metatata. Write the things that are to come. The things after this. That's chapter 4 all the way through chapter 22 through the ending of the book. The point is, is that there is a transition within this book after the church age. Now, what does he say? After this, I looked, I saw... Two things I want you to know as we go through Revelation. Pay attention to the things that John sees. You know, 70 times John is going to record, I looked or I saw. 70 times he's going to say this. Pay attention to what John says he heard. A great study for you to do are the sound passages of Revelation. Let me tell you, you think our church is loud? (laughs) Heaven is a loud place. Just pay attention to how loud heaven is in the book of Revelation. And then what does he say? A door opened. Seven times in the book of Revelation, there's going to be an opening of the door. Seven times a door is going to open throughout the book. And it's worth noting here, you know, God loves the number seven. And you know what? You cannot exhaust the number seven in the book of Revelation. I hope throughout our study you gain a great appreciation for the architecture of the book. There are multiple, multiple, multiple sevens in the book. There's seven candlestands, seven churches, seven spirits of God, seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bold judgments, seven years of tribulation, and the list goes on and on and on. The book is laid out. And listen, if we will slow down and take our time and we will carefully study the book, God will reveal many, many things to us. So John says, after this, metatata, a clear transition in the book, I saw a door that opened.
1: And what happened, Caleb? And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place See, after this. This voice that John heard was in chapter one.
0: Now, after this church age, he hears that voice again, and what does it say? Like a trumpet, it says, "Come up here." Again, it's so important that we understand the original language of the Bible. The word here in the Greek is harpazo. Now, you're talking about a thrilling word. Thirteen times in the New Testament, the word harpazo is found. And what it literally means, it means to be caught up. It means to be snatched forcefully. It means to be caught away. It is the idea. It is the teaching. It is the doctrine of the rapture of the church. And 13 times it's mentioned throughout the New Testament. The primary teachings for the rapture of the church is found in 1 Thessalonians 4 in 1 Corinthians 15. And it's promised in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. What did Jesus say? Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Friends, that is the promise. That is the blessed hope of the harpazo, the catching away, the called up, the snatching away of the church. What an amazing and a thrilling thing. And what did John say? He said, like a trumpet, I heard that voice. And what does the Bible say in 1 Thessalonians 4? That there with the Lord himself shall descend and we shall hear a what? A trumpet, the archangel, the voice of the archangel. And what's going to happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians 15, we which are alive and remain shall be called up. Harpazo. We shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And our brothers and sisters who would not agree with a rapture view. Let me remind you, there's seven raptures in the Bible. Did you know that? Again, what does it mean? Harpazo, called up, snatched. There's seven in the Bible. You remember a man named Enoch in the Old Testament in Genesis? When was Enoch... Raptured. Remember the Bible says that he walked with God and then, and then what is the how does the Bible describe it? And then he was not. (laughs) What happened? he was well that's not in the Greek, but he was caught up. He was translated. And when was he translated? Right before the what? The flood. He's a picture of the church. He's a picture of the rapture before God's judgment upon the earth. You remember a man named Elijah? Did Elijah die a physical death? What happened to him? He was called up. You wait till we get to the two witnesses of Revelation. You wait till we trace that. Oh, I can't go there. Don't don't go there, Chad. Calm down. Calm down. You remember Isaiah? What happened to Isaiah? He was called up. He was before. The, he was in the throne room of God. What happened when Jesus died and was buried and rose again? And for 40 days, he spent those 40 days with his followers. And what happened to Jesus when he ascended on high? Friends, he was harpazo. He was called up. What about Paul? You remember how Paul was in the third heaven? Paul was in heaven. And then Paul comes back and says, I don't know which is better. I want to go on and be with the Lord. But I want to be with you and watch you mature. But what happened? He was harpazo. What about Philip? You remember what happened to Philip? Philip was not taken into heaven, but you want to read a story that will blow your mind. Read in the book of Acts, the story of Philip. He was ministering in a city, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reassigned him, and physically and literally, he was translated from one city to another city 20 miles away. What happened? He was translated. He was harpazo. He was snatched. And then lastly, John the Apostle. Chapter 4, verse 1. Come up here. It's the Greek verb harpazo. Seven times. Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jesus, Paul, Philip, and the Apostle John. And friends, we're going to be in the same company. Amen. We understand that for many, they're unable to attend a church. For some people, it's that they don't have the health to be able to go. For some, their jobs prevent them from going. And if you are someone that you sort of feel isolated when it comes to church, well, we want you to know that you can always connect with us. We don't want to see uh, media like ours completely replace a church because it's important to belong to a fellowship. But for those who are struggling right now in their church life, we want you to know you can always contact us for prayer. You know, we have a very strong prayer team, and when we receive a prayer request, as we receive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds throughout the year, uh, several thousands will come in, as we receive prayer requests, Do you know that our prayer team will spend the next 30 days praying for those requests? So I want you to always feel free to contact us. The best way to submit a prayer is either through our website, preachingchristchurch.com, or through our mobile app called Awakened to Grace. On either of those two platforms, you can select uh, Submit a Prayer, and when that prayer request comes it not only comes to myself and a couple of our other pastors but it comes to our prayer team leader and from there it disperses throughout all of our team and then of course uh, on our weekly tuesday night prayer meetings we pray for all of the requests that come in now you can submit prayer confidentially and when a prayer request comes in that is confidential Only myself and our other pastors see it. We don't share confidential details with the prayer team. But if you want to share details, and we love that because we know how to pray specifically, then you are welcome to do so, and we would love to know where you're listening from and how to pray more effectively for you. So we hope to hear from you very soon and how to stand with you in your circumstance in prayer.